Catholic business professionals, networking, opportunities, sharing the Catholic faith, giving back to the church community. In Catholic business, principle matters. Have you ever been on a Catholic retreat? If not, have you thought about going? If so, do you believe there's a spiritual value in going and did it help you? Welcome back to Principal Matters and thank you for joining us today. This is Mark Meyer with my co-host Michael Olin and today we'll be discussing the value of retreats and fellowship. As always, let's begin Principal Matters with a prayer, Michael. Thank you, Mark. In the name of the Father and the Son, Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. God, I thank you for allowing me to have doubts even when I have faith. Your gift of free will also gives me room to experience a deep belief that becomes stronger through times of doubt. I ask you to overcome those moments, days, or even months of unbelief. Thank you for sending people my way who have encouraged me to see you during hardship. The gift of faith is holy and precious. I pray that I will hold on to it tightly at all times, especially in the midst of doubt. Amen. 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 Father. That prayer just made me think, you know, that's a whole nother topic. Disbeliefs and doubts. <laughs> <laughs> the story of our lives. Yeah, good, yeah right. Good, good topic. Well, I'll Michael, you've mentioned before that you're selfish in terms of your relationship with God, and I love that. Um, you know, and do you believe that going on retreats and even fellowship with people like me, <laughs> um, are, are those examples of that? Absolutely, Mark. And I, and I say selfish, and when you use that word, I guess in a, a common English language, it's usually a, a negative because of, you know, you've right. got to share, you got to be open. It's plural. It's not singular of, of, of what you try to do when you're sharing with people. But I believe the relationship with God is a singular relationship because it involves you and him, and you have to be selfish in that because you got to cut out, as we always talk about, the noise, the distractions that we're faced with daily and, and, and be able to focus in and focus in on one thing alone. And by focusing on that one thing alone, actually it's an upside-down pyramid because pyramid, usually you know, we think that the bottom works up to the top where this, you focus in on God, and then everything just flourishes out. Right. Which is that makes perfect sense. Which, which and is, by the way, I have a new saying now. What's that? It's cutting out the noise and toys. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that, because uh, we do buy toys, toys. toys. We do buy toys to create distractions, right? And we also have noise in our lives to create distractions. So you got to get rid of both. Yeah. Anyway, not and to I cut you off. We get carried away, Mark, because you're right. I mean, we, I don't think we knowingly do that because I don't think anybody does things knowingly to to do the negative of a, to, to have a negative outcome. But I think because of what's we're encountering daily is what you're saying, noise and toys. Right. We seem to work to produce toys. And well, we also bring in noise. Exactly. Well, God certainly has a way of constantly calling us home to himself, right? And drawing us closer to himself. Um, I'm of the opinion that setting time aside for him is an example of just how we might best provide an opportunity for God to come into our lives even in, in, on a greater level, right? And retreats, in my opinion, is or provides for a, a great opportunity uh, to build upon your faith, to go deeper in your journey in faith, uh, if you will. I find that Catholic retreats can also offer a chance to get to know others who take their faith seriously and as seriously as we do. Um, certainly it helps us to refocus. You agree? I agree, and it, it, it gets you away from the noise and toys, and it gets you to a setting that that, that you, your surroundings are actually 
help you fertilize your thought process because of whatever the setting might be, whether it's at a a parish church or a men's retreat, women's retreat, or uh, we've been fortunate enough to to enjoy Manresa together. And yes, it's just, it's something you're you're setting off to go there. But then again, it's not just that you got to go step further and and, and prepare for it properly, which in my mind (laughs) is a drive down there, making sure that, you know, or wherever you're going, that you try to focus and close out everything else, the noise and the toys, which are where's your phones. That's right. Get your head right. Well, and for those who have never had an opportunity to go on a retreat, um, first of all, there are many different types of Catholic retreats. First, in terms of duration, right? There are retreats that last a month. <laughs> and, well, that would be a killer. Um, but there are retreats that could last just a day. Um, you know, a day drive and a day back home. You know, you don't stay overnight. Or just a few days like Manresa does. Um, or even a week. Um, some, like I said, are even for an entire month. And that's when you start really getting into some deep stuff that, yeah. that really can be challenging. And hopefully uh, there'll be some time in my life in the near future to be able to do something like that. But then there's also location. There's a very secluded locations, right, where you go for serenity and prayer and silence. Um, and then others can take place simply in your parish community centers for that one day, as an example, um, or an education room. Uh, but there's actually a website I found, and it's called www.catholicretreats.net. Again, www.catholicretreats, one word, .net. And it lists all Catholic retreats and retreat centers throughout the United States. And I found that most interesting website. Um, it also lists Canada, by the way, in case you were interested in going to one there. Um, but just looking at the site, I counted 16 retreat centers in Louisiana alone. No, I didn't know 16. I didn't either. <laughs> I had no clue. Um, I would never have thought that we had that many retreat centers. But also because, you know, our listening audience goes beyond uh, the borders of Louisiana into Mississippi and somewhat in Alabama. Uh, Mississippi uh, has one, and Alabama has five. And looking at our neighbors to the west in Texas, they have 28. Hmm. Um, so there's no lack of retreat centers, that's for sure, um, and, and in being able to pick what type of opportunity you would want. But anyone who wants to go on a retreat obviously has uh, a, a numerous number of uh, retreat centers to pick from. And Mark, you know, I, I think a lot of times that, you, you know, I, I don't know the frequency that they are available, but being able to have that opportunity to remove yourself from the toys and noise and be able to put yourself in that setting is, is, is a blessing in itself. And, and it really helps the tone and getting your head right. And obviously the longer, like the man Risa, the four days right. of silence, because it's a silent retreat helps also because I think you got a wind down time, which is usually a day, day and a half. And then you actually got probably a time that you're really there. And then you got a wind up time because you know, you're getting ready to, to get out of the retreat and go back to exactly. reality. You know? Well, what was even more interesting as I was researching, did you know, and of course there's a patron saint for almost everything we have out there, but did you know there's a patron saint of retreats? I bet you a can. Patrons, no, yeah. I don't. who is it? But think about it. Do you think you can figure it out? Who would you think? Based on I would think it'd have to be Ignatius of Loyola. You got it. I mean, just there because you go. of the Jesuits. <laughs> you know, the spiritual exercises is it's probably the most common and well-known. Yeah, so so that, that shouldn't come as a surprise, right? No. If you're familiar with the retreats and how they're set up, um, especially those things that are known as spiritual exercises. Um, those were developed by St. Ignatius of Loyola. 
and the saint went through a conversion while lying in bed. Mm. Believe it or not, he was recovering from being hit by a cannonball. <laughs> yeah, he was a leader in the military. Absolutely, he was a, he he was. Was a gentleman. Absolutely was. Well, he suddenly had a lot of downtime, and so he could only read uh, what, the books that were lying around the house, and there were only two books, right? One was about the life of Christ, and the other was about the lives of the saints. Well, he was touched by grace and decided to focus on growing closer to God rather than continuing to be a valiant warrior that he had become. And so during the time of conversion, Ignatius's intent was to detach himself from the interests of the world and to focus more on the will of God. And so this is the basis of the retreats that take you through the spiritual exercises. So the next time you're preparing for a retreat, like you said, when you drive down, uh, pause for a moment to ask for the intercession of St. Ignatius to help you to have a prayerful and grace-filled experience on the retreat. Thank you, Mark. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back with The Value of Retreats and Fellowship. You're listening to Principal Matters with Mike Lowland and Mark Meyer. A prayer for vocations. O oh God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, St. Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Catholic Community Radio relies on the financial support of you, our listener. We also rely on your prayers. But word of mouth is another valuable way that you can support this station. Tell a friend. Tell them to tell a friend. Thanks for your support, and thanks for listening. This is Principal Matters. Welcome back to Principal Matters, where we share and explore ways to carry Catholic-based principles into the workplace and beyond. In this episode, we're talking about the values of retreats and fellowship, and we haven't even begun to discuss fellowship or the value of retreats, or both. Uh, so, Mike, to kind of get us back on track, um, spiritual exercises are a series of prayers and meditations, which are usually organized to be given as a long-form retreat. Yeah, Mark, that's how they originally started with St. Ignatius of Loyola, and that was, you know, as the Jesuit formation. And since then, there's obviously, you know, at the last segment we are talking about how long, how long retreats actually last. And, and, and now you can get them to, you know, 30 days or you get down to a week or they've gotten it now down to where you can do the spiritual exercises in, exactly. in, in a couple of days just due to the, the time's sake. But uh, That's right. And yes. over, over the um, past couple of decades, they certainly have grown in popularity um, and have become a common devotion, if you will, for not only religious but also lay folks like ourselves, um, though not necessarily – in a setting of silence and solitude over a month, like you said, uh, that were initially prescribed. Right. And, and, and I think that as a, as a, I guess because of the time and, and people having time available through the work and, and through their children and their families, it's, it's, it's now where they make it. So if people want to, to that do a retreat, it's actually available. As you mentioned, you know, there's plenty of retreat facilities and, and, and basically you got to see which one and how long they are and what type of retreat they are when you're searching out to find one that you might want to participate in. Exactly. 
Well, everyone's experience with spiritual exercises probably differs, I imagine. Uh, for me, retreats are very beneficial, but make no mistake, they're demanding too. Regardless whether or not you're married or you have children at home or whatever the circumstance, a multiple-day retreat is a huge commitment of both time and energy on anyone's part. Uh, perhaps some go on retreats to get downtime or solitude, but for me, it's really draining, <laughs> and, and in a good way, though. Um, to go to and offer God all you have in terms of spending time with Him um, and in prayer and in meditation, uh, and in silence and in mass and the way of the cross and all the other things we do, uh, including reading scripture um, and books. It's, it's great and certainly valuable, but as with all relationships, it takes tremendous work and focus. And generally speaking, what I've learned about myself through retreats is that if I truly want to deepen my love for God and my relationship with him, I cannot be a passive partner in my relationship with him. We need to pursue him as we would anyone else we love or that we have a relationship with. And it's easy for me to say God is my first priority. And with retreats, you get the chance to prove it. And Mark, you're right. I mean, here we go about and I, saying that. And even we, I'm trying to think of how the, I remember that you only get that old saying that you only get out what you put into. Right. And you know, and that goes from anything that we do in life, whether it's exercise or, or family or, in this case, retreats. You know, how well are you preparing for it mentally right. and, and spiritually? And then when you're there, are you really open or are you uh, really th- doing there for the right reason? Or is your mind at the workplace or if it's a silent retreat, you know, if you're breaking off and getting on your phone and texting and, and emailing, you know. And I have found that, you know, if you're going to take the time to do something, mm-hmm. you might as well do it right. That's right. And if you're going to go do the retreat, you know, put into it. Because besides being tiring, as you mentioned, you feel fulfilled. And when you leave, I know in my case, my wife loves me when I get home, you know, with my family. I'm in great spirits <laughs> that, that, for at least a couple of well, days. That she loves you because she spent three days without you. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you must be talking to her. Well, Mike, Mike I, know, I, know, you're right. I know you're going to find this very difficult to believe, but I've actually compiled a list. <laughs> oh. Yeah, uh, as always. Uh, how many do you think are on my list? Seven. You got it. <laughs> the magnificent Sorry. seven. Yeah, right. Well, and so if you have some time, uh, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm sure you, you're going to make, um, what I'd like to do is to, is to kind of go through the seven steps real quickly because yes. uh, I know we're limited on time here, unfortunately. Um, are you interested in listening to the list? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. No, well, the, these, give some guidance. these seven um, are items that I believe are steps that can be used in improving your relationship with God. And I find that on silent retreats, I'm able to do all of these things. So let's start. And, and first of all, start by listening to him. Um, that's hard to do with the, with the noise, and I'll get into that in a second, but faith isn't a 12-step action program. Um, it's a love affair. It's just like with your spouse. Uh, the most important thing we can do is to be present and listen, and you've taught me a lot of that, actually reminded me of how important listening is prayer. Um, this requires investment of time and focus. Uh, if a spirit of impatience or pretending to listen doesn't work with your spouse, then why does it work with God? <laughs> it doesn't. 
Um, so second, cultivate silence. We can't listen when our world is filled with noise and toys. And just like we were talking about in the first segment. And what the noise and toys do is they keep us diverted from focusing on the main questions of life. Yes. Why are we here? What does my life mean? Is there a God? And if so, who is he? And what does he ask of me? Third, seek humility. Humility is to the spirit what material poverty is to the senses. The great purifier. It has been said that humility is the beginning of sanity. <laughs> we can't really see, much less love, anyone or anything else when the self is in the way. And I've learned that so graciously through marriage. When we finally really believe in our own unimportance, many other things become possible. Repentance, mercy, patience, forgiveness of others. Fourth, cultivate honesty. Complete honesty is only possible for a humble person. The reason is simple. The most painful but important honesty is telling the truth to ourselves about our own motives and our own actions. The reason honesty is such a powerful magnet is because it is so rare. Modern life is too often built on the marketing of half-truths and lies about who we are and what we deserve. That's all you hear now on TV is how does it make me feel? Scripture praises the honest woman and man because they're like clean air in a room full of smoke. Honesty allows the mind to breathe and think clearly. Fifth, seek to be holy. I've said before that many popes and saints didn't necessarily lead holy lives, but they certainly had holy moments. And that's what we need to strive to do. Have just one holy moment every day, and that's attainable. Six, pray. Prayer is most, um, I guess, more than just uh, the portion of the day that we advise God about what we need and what we want and what we would like for him to do. Real prayer is much closer to, to listening, and it's intimately tied to obedience. Seventh, read. Scripture is the word of God. When we read God's word, we encounter God himself. But there's more. There are so many others who are deeply intelligent and powerful, whose work nourishes the Christian mind and soul, while also inspiring the imagination. Reading also requires another simpler purpose. It shuts out that noise that distracts us from fertile reflection. What a list. I wish I could repeat it all, but my memory just isn't that good, Mark, but so true and so accurate, and that's such a great way to get prepared for retreat and something to follow some parameters and really the silence part and the humility part because it's getting away from self and listening, which is so crucial and, and so hard to do right. in today's environment because everything seems to, to be about self and also noise noise <laughs> you got it the toys everywhere you, know, you turn. and it's just everywhere and that's just so hard to, to remove to get yourself prepared and to stay in that state for a given time period so you can actually be available to listen to to god when he does talk to you and understand what your calling is or help you exactly in the process. Well, you know and god certainly wants to hear what we need and love and fear because these things are part of our daily lives. He's our Father. And He loves us, right? Amen. But if we're doing the talking, we cannot listen. Note also that we cannot pray without humility. So we're going to break, and when we return, 
We'll continue discussing the value of retreats and fellowship on this episode of Principal Matters. Catholic Community Radio. Our first Pope, St. Peter, tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts always and be ready to give everyone a reason for the hope that lies within you. Catholic Radio for your community. Hi, I'm Tim Staples from Catholic Answers Live, encouraging you to support this radio station. They are doing the work of helping to equip Catholics that they might know the fullness of the faith so that they can share it. And at the same time, untold numbers are tuning in that aren't Catholic, and they're getting the fullness of the gospel that only we possess as Catholics. God bless you. This is your station. Catholic Community Radio relies on listeners just like you. This is your station. Donate online at catholiccommunityradio.org. Welcome back to Principal Matters. This is Michael Lynn with co-host Mark Meyer, and welcome back to Principal Matters. Uh, in this segment, we'll be discussing the value of retreats and fellowship and trying to pick up off of the last one, which was uh, the seven points that Mark read out, which were incredible and uh, have a, a lot to be said for the seven. Absolutely. And, and you know, before we get on, because we always run out of time, I want to make sure to get one, I think, valuable point across in terms of, we, we, you know, we talk about what is the value. So let me, let me just summarize what value I've learned this year. Um, and, and it's helped me throughout this year so far. Um, I, I, I would imagine it's going to help me throughout the rest of my life. So, Michael, on the last retreat we attended, we, had the, the, we were blessed um, to have Father Tetlow. Uh, Father Tetlow is just a genius when it comes to um, helping you to kind of understand where you are um, in life, especially, you know, midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one thing he left us with that I will never forget as long as I live, and hopefully uh, it'll help many out there, um, is when you're trying to discern God's will. He says, discerning God's will is very, very simple. And I'm like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been trying to figure this out for many years. Um, so discerning God's will is very simple. It's, it's three steps actually, not seven. So he makes it even more simple than us. Um, number one is to be joyful. Number two, pray often. And number three, be grateful. Now, if you think about it, I'm often reminded about, uh, our producer, Jeff Blackwell saying every morning he gets up. He puts one foot on the ground, it's thank, and the other foot is you. And you know what? I've learned, and it reminded me, every single prayer, start off with, thank you, Jesus. You know, Mark, you bring it up, and you said a, a strong word, figure out. You know, I think we get caught up in trying to figure out everything. <laughs> especially, <laughs> especially me. I am, I, I'm with you on Jeff, Jeff's comments. It's pretty simple. Right foot, thank. Left foot, you. You know, thank you. you know, well, he is a simple you. guy, but <laughs> <laughs> we're still figuring him out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we overcomplicate. No, but, uh, you know, we figure out, and when you try to figure things out, I've seen this so often. You fit, you spend so much time figuring things out that you get nowhere, and right. then you, it's noise that you that that you're listening to, and you block out the things that right. that you shouldn't. And well, this is, is, you know, this figuring out thing, I think when it comes to faith, it's really nothing to figure out. Right. You know, he's our father. It's, you know, you're right. as your father. You're right. And we overcomplicate things. So, so anyway, I wanted to add a little bit of value. <laughs> uh, 
you know, in terms of, of what we think that, you know, again, three days of, of retreat, that's what I took away. And it mm-hmm. was just so simple, yet so insightful, so wise, um, that hopefully as you think things through or life gets complicated and you start feeling pressure and stress, as we all do every day in our lives and in the business world as well, be grateful, pray often, be joyful. So simple. And, and, I, and before Mark goes on his list, I wanted to just say, if, if <laughs> on this retreat, Father Joe Tetlow, he, he's – he has something that we don't have. He has age, which is experience, and he has several oh, you know, books he's written. You don't have age. Come on, Mike. <laughs> uh, this guy, I mean, I've been on fifth, 16 retreats and, and at the same and, – and this guy, this is one of the best ones. And, he is. And, and I suggest that if you want to get further into No it, offense you know, to anybody else, right? some of his literature. It's a, he's impressive. Right. I was well, let's, very impressed. And let's talk a little bit, too, about fellowship since we, we made it uh, part of this topic. Um, with respect to fellowship – it's it, it's probably very important to remember that no one makes it to heaven alone. And we all need friendship and community, and I've been very guilty of forgetting that um, throughout my life. Um, all success and happy marriages I've seen have a deep and particular kind of friendship that involves honesty, intimacy, fidelity, mutual sacrifice, hope, and shared beliefs. Every single marriage is also a form of community. Even Jesus needed these two things, friendship and community. The apostles were not simply Christ's followers. They were also his brothers and his friends. People who knew and supported him in a very intimate way. All of us as Christians need the same two things. It doesn't matter whether we're religious or lay people or deacon or priest, single or married. Friends are vital. Community is vital. Our friends both express and shape who we are. Good friends sustain us. Bad friends undermine us. And that's why they're so decisive to the success of failure or failure of a Christian life. And Mark, you're right. I mean, look at the fellowship part. You know, and, and there's an old saying, you know, mass churches when two people are gathered or more. And that gets to the fellowship of of, 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 of of what we do. You know, we exist to serve him, and serving him is to, to help other people. And, you know, and you can't help other people if you're just helping yourself the whole time. So it is the fellowship. It, it, it draws a strong bond and helps spread and builds a community awareness. So it's important that we understand fellowship and the need to be engaged in fellowship through whatever means that you that you feel that you can do in your life, whether it be right. with your family, with your friends, at church every week, or uh, even in the business settings that you have or experience daily. Well, and Mike, just to summarize, because we are running short on time, um, if we're willing to give this kind of love to God and our spouses and our friends, we certainly will be led closer to God. And what I will say is when I think of fellowship, I think of my relationship with you. Our friendship is really based, as I see it, to help each other improve our relationship with Jesus and to know God more intimately. That's right. We challenge each other and we're held accountable. (laughs) Whether we like it or not, it seems that way. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time again. I'm I'm sure we'll probably do a follow-up episode to this because we've got a lot more information we could share. Um, But let's go ahead and close with a prayer. Go ahead and lead us, Mark, please. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. Gracious and loving God, 
You call each of us by name to have a relationship with you and with others. Help us to have healthy, holy relationships. And as we contemplate Christ's humility and exquisite charity in drawing so close to us, we especially pray for the grace to build and strengthen our own intimate relationships through compassion, openness, wonder, and an imaginative spirit. We pray with humble hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Principal Matters is a production of Catholic Community Radio.